Welcome to The Golden Shadow, the podcast about psychology, philosophy, myth, mysticism, and mystery. My name is Aaron Rogerson. And I'm Melissa Polizzi. And we are honored for you to join us for our very first episode. How's it going, Alyssa? I'm great. I'm excited to be here doing our first episode. Me too. So Alyssa and I were on a lawn hike the other day discussing synchronicity, the supernatural, God, and the nature of reality. You know, things we always talk about. And I thought, if we're going to have conversations like this, perhaps we should record it. And here we are. So why the golden shadow? It might seem like a strange image to conjure up. What does it mean? And why did we pick it? So to talk about the golden shadow, I think um, it would be prudent of us to first talk about the shadow itself, the concept that the golden aspect is built around. Um, And if I had to simplify it, I would say that the shadow is the hidden or unconscious aspects of oneself, um, Mm. both the good and the bad, which you have either repressed or maybe not even realized So it's some aspect of your being that you're connected to and yet don't really have um, ready access. And that golden aspect starts to explore things a little bit deeper. So the shadow might be something that you've repressed over time or it might be an aspect of you that you have decided to bury within you for various reasons. Certainly. um, I think that the place where most people go to when they initially think of the shadow has a lot to do with repression, that which might have been too much, too overwhelming, too painful, too difficult to really get a handle on, which is why a lot of that shadow element has um, deep connections to childhood wounding, early life development, when our sort of cognitive capabilities weren't quite refined enough. And so a lot of those elements of which we didn't understand, which were too difficult for us, um, move through the repression uh, tunnel into the shadow of our consciousness. So we're all kind of walking around with um, layers of self, Mm, certain aspects of our being that we're not in touch with. Yeah. And yet those aspects express themselves in ways that sometimes surprise us. Yeah. Sometimes have a uh, detrimental effect on our relationships. Yes. Yes. So we might find ourselves lashing out mm-hmm. at things that, dare I say, trigger us. Mm-hmm. And we're not sure why we're triggered. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a big key red flag for the shadow. Um, sort of any type of action. Uh, reaction, emotional upcurrent that feels uh, like it came out of nowhere. The the unconscious element of the shadow itself by nature makes it feel that when it does show itself, when it does emerge from the deep, dark waters of our being, it feels strange. It feels bad. It feels like it doesn't belong. Uh, It's something that we immediately want to push right back down into the Mm -hmm. shadow And that is, of course, the opportunity to grab hold of that experience and understand it a little bit more because it's not likely a one-off experience. It's tied to something deeper. Right. So this this thing, this shadow doesn't belong. We feel that strongly. That's Mm. why we try to push it back under the surface. Mm. Mm -hmm. And 
the golden shadow is a perspective that that thing that we're repressing, that thing that we're burying, that thing that we think it doesn't belong mm-hmm. is actually a huge well of untapped potential yeah, yeah. that we can draw upon if we decide to dive in and explore it. Yeah. Maybe return it to a place where it's within our awareness. Yeah. It's part of us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's integrated into our being mm-hmm. and we actually grow as people Yeah, if we do that. Yeah. And, it, and it's important to note that it's not a clean repression when one is trying to disassociate from parts of themselves or fracture off or get rid of uncomfortable feelings. Um, when you repress pain, you also repress the ability to feel emotions in general, likely. Mm. So with the repression of pain, you might also repress your ability to feel joy or connectedness to other people or mm. self-love or, or whatever it might be. And so with those shadow repressions, you also start to bury these good qualitied parts of your personality. And we can think about the shadow, and this isn't actually true as having like literal layers, but often it's these deep, dark muddy layers of shadow and we have to dig through them to find the kind of buried treasure, the gold that's underneath that. And that means that we have to do some difficult work, but there is certainly a uh, kind of wealth of um, personal energy that exists under that, that can be brought up to the surface and used to kind of support the growth of uh, wholeness of the personality. So reaching that wealth of personal energy, mm-hmm. of untapped potential, diving in and retrieving that buried treasure, the golden shadow. That's what this podcast is about. So this notion of exploring that which is unseen, that which is unvis- invisible to us, that which um, is sort of beyond our grasp and that there's this whole world out there, this whole realm that we kind of pretend it isn't there. Hmm. It's there's aspects of our existence that we're not confronting. We don't, we're not looking in the eyes. There's all these patterns happening around us in the world that pass by us, um, unnoticed. And, um, the recurring theme of this podcast will be exploring what that means, exploring the mystery of being, exploring the, the beyond exploring the sort of, um, narrative, language of our existence, the sort of archetypal elements that form the building blocks of our existence and the ongoing process of trying to become more and more aware of this mysterious realm Mm -hmm. and see if we can bring something beneficial, something um, that's reactivates us, Mm. brings us back to life Mm -hmm. by exploring this realm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that that sums up what we're doing here. Um, you know, more or less, we're just talking about the things that we're interested in. Right. Yeah. This is us kind of putting our often everyday conversations, um, out into the public. Um, because I think that probably a lot of these subject matters are on people's mind too. And, you might find it helpful to explore along with us as we dive into, you know, what it means to be human, the layers of our being, the frameworks of our reality. And uh, it'll be a fun ride, I think. 
yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, exploring anything from, uh, Aristotle to Carl Rogers to the tarot, mindfulness, um, evolution, even the, uh, archetypal underpinnings of Harry Potter, pop culture. Um, it's all connected. It's all related to the mystery of human experience and how we might make more sense of our existence, um, how we can heal and grow. There's, there's a lot of kernels and true uh, kernels of truth, excuse me, in all these manifestations of pursuit that people engage in, in their lives. Yeah. It's human expression, mm-hmm. you know, and whether that's through art or philosophy or music or what have you, they all have a certain common tone to them. And I think that that's what's united us because we kind of come from maybe slightly different backgrounds, slightly different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, but there's something that kind of bridges us. Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from more of a science philosophy background. Alyssa is coming from more of a uh, depth psychology and esotericism background. Mm-hmm. And um, despite that, I think we form a pretty good bridge between different realms of thought, mm-hmm. different disciplines maybe. And um, I think we should be able to balance each other out and um, explore a lot of different ideas and perspectives um, in a more holistic, coherent fashion. Yeah. So um, let's talk more about the shadow since that is the uh, undercurrent of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we develop um, awareness of the shadow to begin with? Because it is almost by definition something that we are not really in contact with very well. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, to begin to build that awareness requires that, you know, from the get-go, we're approaching this type of work or this shift in our life um, with a lot of uh, openness and willingness to see the parts of ourself that have kind of laid deep under the surface. Because as you mentioned, by its very nature, it can be kind of hard to access. We might not be fully present to what's kind of stirring underneath. And so there are certain things that we can do to begin this process. And and and, and part of that is really like the self-confrontation, the engagement of wanting to start poking a little bit deeper into our being and asking ourselves some difficult questions as, um, as one really should do when they're trying to expand the boundaries of what they uh, perceive. And I would say that shadow work... Um, does just that. The The goal really is to expand um, the framework of our consciousness to take in deeper layers that um, are unconscious. And when we do that, there can really be a sense of discomfort that comes with it. You are touching parts of your being that have either been forgotten or pushed aside uh, for a reason. And so with that comes this natural resistance. So you kind of have to prepare yourself to uh, (laughs) prepare for future you to not want to do the work as you begin doing the work. Um, So setting yourself up for success begins with that. um, It's almost like going into the agreement with yourself, um, the willingness, the openness, the flexibility, um, the compassion towards yourself to explore what is going to come up and then beginning that self-confrontation work. Um, So asking yourself those difficult questions, as I mentioned, um, like when is the last time 
you recognize self-destructive or self-deprecating behavior in yourself. Mm. It's a pretty heavy one. So what, what, are, what are some examples, we might say, of the shadow, real-life examples? What's the, what's the kind of, I don't want to say typical, but <laughs> the, the, the kind, kind of patterns that we observe in people sure. that they are behaving in ways that yeah. they are not aware of? Yeah, yeah. They might possess a certain kind of vice mm-hmm. that perhaps people around them are picking up on, but the yeah. person themselves is not. Yeah, yeah. What, what, are, what are some good examples of that? I think some typical examples that people talk about with shadow is repressed anger. Um, so that can come out in the form of uh, road rage, as an example. Maybe you were someone who grew up when you would um, exhibit any type of frustration or anger you know, at your sibling, your parents would immediately reprimand you. There wasn't really a healthy... Uh, way for you to fully express that. Instead, it was like, if you're a good child, you'll not do that. And that there's this slow process of uh, naturally disconnecting from that emotional expression, where then anger uh, becomes more deeply embedded inside of yourself. And so when you start to experience some sort of situation, like driving around stuck in traffic, someone cuts you off, you know, they're acting like a jerk and you should be angry, right? Like there's uh, plenty of reason to be upset, but you go from having a pretty normal reaction to an overreaction, slamming your fists against the wheel, screaming your head off, you know, scaring your friends who are in the car with you. Mm -hmm. That's like a very classic shadow moment. And it's almost like you've been taken over by the anger. Um, It's locked its jaws on you and you don't come out of it until that uh, fuel is kind of burnt out. And as it, as you start to come down from that um, anger, um, you kind of feel like, wow, uh, that was, I'm I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I could have such a reaction. If you were to stand in your Um, kind of everyday conscious awareness and think about it, you you wouldn't say that I'm the kind of person who can go off the handle like that. And yet you did. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to kind of dig a little bit deeper, try to understand why that's there. And you might make those connections. That's the shadow work, right? Looking at the root cause of it. But those types of uh, situations where we're, when we move from like normal reaction to overreaction, Um, So that can often come up in relationships, um, you know, at work, high stress situations that you might be involved with. Even uh, when you're alone and something's come up, maybe it's not anger, maybe it's shame, maybe Mm. it's guilt, and suddenly you're in tears or uh, berating yourself just over and over and over again. And and it seems like this, this flood of emotion that kind of comes out of nowhere those are very classic elements of, of the shadow that is at play. Um, so I would call those the more like overt f- red flags that we see with the shadow, but sometimes um, the shadow is not so obvious. And that can be especially difficult when the the dynamics of the shadow are, are more covert in nature. And so I talked a little bit before about the individual who maybe is repressing pain. And so that pain maybe is once again related to um, some sort of 
childhood experience where emotional uh, expression of of love and and familial connection wasn't fostered. Maybe you had parents that um, were emotionally distant, and that natural need for for love and nurturance that every child needs is kind of lost. And and there's and there's that sense of pain, especially if there's other dynamics going on in the household that cause tension or stress or anxiety. Um, all of that um, wounding and that pain can be way too overwhelming for a person to deal with at such a young age. And so that that's that strong emotional core starts to get repressed. And maybe someone's kind of moving through life feeling kind of detached, maybe like, eh, I don't really feel much, but maybe they kind of chalk it up to being like an adult. This is just kind of how everyone is. I just don't really have strong emotions. But then you start to look and realize that you move through relationship to relationship without ever really falling in love or feeling connected to your partner. Maybe you uh, struggle to feel a sense of like real joy or passion or self-acceptance. And by repressing that long-held pain, you're also repressing the ability to tap into this other um, emotional world. And that might not ever come out as you fighting with your partner or breaking down and crying. So that covert nature of the shadow can make it especially difficult. And that's why it's helpful and useful to start asking yourself those more probing questions um, to really figure out what it is that feels kind of off in your life. So there's an aspect of this that there's there's a lack of awareness, mm. right? That's one aspect mm-hmm. of the shadows. So yeah. there's, there's things that you're engaging in mm-hmm. or behavior you're exhibiting or even just thoughts mm-hmm. that are occurring that you're not aware that yeah. you're doing it. But yeah. there's also an aspect that you might be aware, but you're not in control. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's another aspect of the shadow yeah. is that often people find themselves in bad cycles, mm-hmm. bad habits, and they know what they're doing is wrong, but they can't stop. Yeah. Right. So there's there's sort of, sort of a lack of control. There's a that's that's a, of a different form almost mm-hmm. where you are disconnected with yourself in a way yeah. that you don't have agency. Yeah. So if you have a drinking problem, mm-hmm. for instance, if this is something that you might even recognize yourself and say, I have a drinking problem. I shouldn't drink or like I drank too much last night again. Mm-hmm. And this it keeps happening to me. Why does this keep happening to me? Why can't I stop doing this? And um that's the taps into this interesting aspect of these different layers of self is mm-hmm. that part of you wants to keep doing this yeah. and a different part of you wants to stop. Mm-hmm. And the shadow can often be this larger part of you that's actually kind of steering, that's, yes. that's driving the car and you're yes. in the passenger seat. Yeah. And part of engaging with the shadow, trying to develop more awareness of your shadow is actually regaining agency yeah. and trying to over- overcome this um, this side of you that is taking control when you don't want it to, yeah. and that could that could be a drinking problem. It could be a drug problem. It yeah. could be that you're getting fights with your partner repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be that you are having road rage repeatedly. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. could be that you find yourself getting angry when people bring up certain um, political ideas, for instance, and you just cannot control yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's really this this aspects that everyone has yes there's, there's there's no one in the world who doesn't have a shadow there's there's no yes. one who is 
completely in control of their beings. No, and, and, like, and they should right? It's it's just kind of impossible to be fully in control of every aspect of your being. Um, the shadow plays a role and its function is um, something that actually helps uh, balance the experiences that we have. Because if we think about the child who's in a stressful uh, situation, the, the shadow is taking something that can't be dealt with right now. You know, this function is serving a purpose right now, almost like a defense mechanism in a way. Um, but hopefully, as you build up all of this shadow material over time, there comes a point when you can turn around and look at this whole bag of shadow that's just dragging behind you and start to want to uncover it. Um, so one can't, you know, navigate life without creating shadow content. It is, um, it's a very natural occurrence for each person. Do you think that there's also, it's, it would say it's, it's correct to say that there's an aspect of the shadow, which is just kind of a deeper nature that we all share like a human nature that mm. a lot of us refuse to accept as being true. Yeah. Cause now we're starting to tap into a little bit more of the collective mm. shadow, the sort of like inherited part of ourselves right, right. and what we've been talking about a lot kind of taps into the sphere, which we would call the personal shadow. Mm -hmm. And if we want to start uncovering those layers a little bit more, there is more of this collective aspect as well, which we can look at as um, kind of greater patterns mm -hmm. that we see throughout um, all people. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for instance, you know, just, just speaking from the male perspective, mm -hmm. um, I do think that there's a sort of collective shadow where lots of men feel as if they need to repress some sense of weakness. Yeah. They need to repress um, appearing as if they don't have control mm -hmm. or, you know, just even more generally that they're, they're repressing um, getting emotional. Mm -hmm. And this is sort yeah. of a collective yeah. Yeah. almost, it's, it's, I'm definitely not going to go as far as say it's a, a entirely cultural thing. Right. I think that a lot of it has to do with just the nature of men in general mm -hmm. and, and the struggles they might they might face just sort of being alive today. Mm -hmm. But there is this collective pattern we see where people are, in order to get by um, in their life, living living in the place where we live, they're having to sort of just repress sides of them or sort of bury certain sides of them that um, are really trying to, to get through. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see this sort of as a, a collective societal kind of sickness in yeah. some regard. Um, yeah. And, yeah. uh, that's, um, another aspect of this. Like it's not just your individual journey. There's, uh, there's almost like socially, social patterns, mm -hmm. maybe social reinforcement in yeah. some regards. Yeah. Or there are ways in which people interact with each other and sort of try to maintain a kind of a shiny, happy feeling yeah. of like, we're all doing great, right? We're all happy. Mm -hmm. And it's like underneath the surface is like, no, we're all kind of struggling. We're all kind of unhappy, but we don't feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the sort of social cultural shadow, um, is certainly something that is worth exploring for those who feel interested in shadow work, especially when you take it out of like the, the grander, social uh, structure and look at family culture, mm, you know, right. um, or kind of where your parents came from or uh, just what your 
um, your ethnicity is and, and the, 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 the traditions that you pull from that, there can be so much certain uniqueness and dynamicness to the shadow just based on those experiences alone, um, as well as a sort of connected shared shadow that many of us might be um, working with. So what might be some practical steps to increasing your awareness of the shadow or maybe beginning to do shadow work? Yeah. How might you approach that? Um, so looking first for the kind of overt shadow markers are always a good place to start um, as those are like already starting to kind of bubble up into awareness. So any of those situations that you might have experienced in recent uh, time where you've had some sort of extreme um, emotional episode or an extreme overreaction to something that can be a sort of access point for the shadow if you're feeling a little lost and you don't really know what's in your shadow, um, you should ask your friends and your family and the people who know you because the nature of the shadow is it's very hard for you to see, but other people um, have more awareness of this. So they might see that you um, have a bit of an issue um, wanting to control situations a mm. lot and they can kind of give you that feedback, hopefully lovingly and caringly, that that might be something that um, is at play here. And you'd be like, wow, I never realized I kind of had that controlling nature. Um, but you're right now that I think about it. And although it feels uncomfortable to admit that, you can start digging in a little bit deeper. So you've got to find the shadow contents, right? right. You've got to be able to either start building enough self-awareness inside of yourself um, to start to see it or ask other people. Um, I think a really good primer for this type of work is starting um, some sort of mindfulness grounding meditation practice, the ability to sort of slow down the cogs of the mind and become aware of what's happening both um, sensationally or somatically in the body, but also uh, the thoughts that are running through your head, um, the emotions that you're feeling, that type of practice can really prime you for uh, building the uh, the tools that you need to see what's going on. And maybe it doesn't fully stop the shadow from coming out, but it starts to give you enough awareness that it's actually happening. Right. So the people, the people that know you, the people that care about you, mm -hmm. especially, yeah. um, it's likely that the people you interact with often are aware of your shadow. Yes. And it's also likely that they don't say anything. <laughs> yes. Um, not because people don't know how to talk to each other. Sometimes that's true. People have trouble communicating, but mm -hmm. it's also um, part of getting to know people, having relationships, becoming close with people, becoming intimate yeah. is you begin to be exposed to someone's shadow mm. and you learn mm. what needs to be done <laughs> yeah. to um, compensate for it in some right. regards. And there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Because we, because we all have shadows mm -hmm. and, there's all aspects that um, every individual has some level of unconsciousness that they are not aware of, yes, that they're not in control yes. of. Everyone has vices. Yes. Everyone has certain behavior that, you know, they could they could improve upon. And, yeah. and the people around you, the people who care about you especially, they've learned that behavior. Right, and, right. and they do the best they can to um, help you with that. Yes. You know, if you have an anxiety problem, it's, it's, it's likely that the people around you are aware of that mm -hmm. and they don't judge you for it they mm -hmm. don't dislike you obviously but they don't punish you for they don't it. punish you yeah hopefully. hopefully um but they've come to understand like oh we need to be careful because right there's some anxiety here mm -hmm. or you know he likes to be in control mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't really work to tell him no yeah. it's better to kind of 
redirect the energy. It's like people <laughs> care about you who they're, they're doing this all to each other all the time. And that's why it can be this really big wealth of information mm-hmm. regarding the shadow is to ask the people that care about you. You know, do you think there's any vices I have? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything that I can improve upon? Yeah. Do you think there's any part of me that I'm, is, I'm lacking in self-awareness? Yeah. Um, what do you think of my character or what, how would you, how would you judge my relationship with my partner, for instance? What do you think is going on there? And these are difficult conversations, right? But they can be very helpful in beginning this journey towards, um, confronting the shadow, becoming aware of it. And, Mm -hmm. um, same with journaling, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. writing down notes, um, writing down things that you observe about yourself occasionally, uh, it's, it's amazing what can come out um, from externalizing some of what you're feeling or thinking and then keeping almost like a chart mm-hmm. of those things. If you have a journal and you're realizing that once a week you tend to be writing about the same thing over and over again, you might come to some realization of like, oh, I didn't realize I was thinking so much about this. What does it mean? Yeah. Um, and the same can be true for um, if you're creating art the kind of art you can create, there's something going on there. There's, there's something that you can pick up on. You can examine like, why am I, for instance, writing songs that have this character, it's like depressive, like (laughs) trapped. Um, there's no way out kind of like feel to them. Um, and that can be, that can be very useful as, as a mirror that you hold up to yourself and, um, tapping, tapping into that or leading, leading into a, a different topic. How do, how do, dreams reflect this yeah sort of you might you might have dreams and you might keep track of them Mm -hmm. and what's what's happening with the dreams that tie into the shadow yeah in the Jungian psychological framework we look at um, dreams as this sort of pure content of the unconscious meaning that you know although we kind of wake up and we had some awareness of what was happening we um at least the sort of consciousness that we have in our waking day is not present during dreams. And so we're sort of receiving these symbolic archetypal um, images and stories, really like dramas in our dreams that um, if we dig a little bit deeper, seem to actually hold um, a little bit of deeper insight, wisdom, guidance, um, messages for us that come from these parts of ourselves that we're not in uh, communication with usually. And so starting to tap into the realm of dreams creates a dialogue with the unconscious, um, a dialogue with the shadow. And we can start to look at what comes up, recurring themes, um, a, a dream that you had that felt particularly vivid, even if it's really silly in nature, you might be very surprised as you start to pull apart the dream itself and make your personal associations and do the interpretation that it actually um, seems to strike a chord within you. And so dreams um, kind of allows us this access point into the unconscious realm, which of course is where the shadow exists in the unconscious of our being. And it gives us something to work with. Um, It doesn't mean, you know, every dream should be taken incredibly seriously. I would say like, follow the dreams that feel meaningful, follow the ones that come up vividly, Um, do that sort of daily or weekly dream journaling so that your ability to recall gets stronger 
And then you can kind of start to see what's coming up and do more of this analysis um, in relation to what is going on in your present situation, how it reflects back to you what you feel consciously, because you might just see something like a, a tree in your dream and it doesn't really mean anything. But as you start to build an association or kind of pull back the layers, you might remember that it actually looks like this big tree that was uh, in your childhood home in right, the backyard. Right. So there's no... Well, there is a universal tree archetype, you might say, but, oh, the, yes. but, the, but the tree to you is something that is personal. Yes. And so that's part of the dream analysis is not simply saying like, oh, well, you saw a skeleton in your dream. It means this. Right. It's like, well, th- there's, yeah. there's some truth to that, yeah. but you, ha- you have to do the journaling to come up with your own yes. personal yes. um catalog right symbols yeah you don't want to buy like the dream symbols book and like figure out what your dreams mean based Mm. on that um however um we recognize that there are archetypal patterns inside of um of us in the core of our being and so you might have some type of dream in which the the tree itself has more of this archetypal nature to Mm. it something that feels like uh like wisdom or the deep roots of life or like the family tree something like that um and that is kind of taking on more of this um, archetypal nature. Um, and so when we approach dream analysis, we look at all these different aspects that show up in the dream. You know, the dog, the the tree, the car, the mailman, you know, my brother, whoever was in it. And you can follow the kind of archetypal road. You can follow the personal association road. Um, you can even make a list and kind of figure out which associations are coming up and then sort of see what sits right with you and certainly we'll do like a whole episode on dreams because it, yeah. it at, at least yeah, one more episode it's, it's such a big topic yes. it's such a very interesting topic as yes. well um so this notion uh, dreams again kind of bring up this notion that the, the shadow might be bubbling up mm. in some regard mm-hmm. and that bubbling up is good it's healthy yeah. in some regard but yeah. in 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 some circumstances, it can be um, too much. Mm. Like, in, when is doing shadow work dangerous? Yeah, let's say, or when? Question. When are? Um, that, is it occurring in a way that is unbalanced mm-hmm. and actually unhealthy, or possibly going to make things work? Yeah. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Make things worse. worse yeah. yeah. Um, I think um, you know. Uh, it's important to explore this topic and not to instill any sort of fear in people, but just um, healthy caution as one would really need to exercise when taking on any sort of meaningful monumental work. And I consider shadow work to really be the sort of beginning process of, of the the path of uh, individuation in sort of that Jungian lens of the, the realization of self, the integration of the parts of our being that we haven't quite um, found at this time yet. And as we do so, we become more and more realized, more and more of ourself. And so uh, the shadow work, which often sort of begins this process um, naturally can feel very overwhelming because of the nature of the shadow, its scariness, the feeling that what lurks below is something that you put there for a reason or that you totally forgot about in a really unconscious way. Um, And so when it starts to come up, it can be overwhelming for individuals and it's important to kind of steady yourself 
and strengthen yourself before you dive into this if there's a sense of uh, fragility, I would say, within your own psyche, within your own mind, within your own, you know, energy. If you if you're already feeling completely ungrounded in life, don't start doing this work yet until you uh, kind of find a little bit more ease or a little bit more balance or take it very, very slow um, um, so that you don't overwhelm yourself with the emotions that comes up. And I think that that's where the shadow work can get a little bit of uh, the bad rep because mm. it, it's, it's opening a, a gateway, mm. right? It's like, here's Pandora's box, like what's going to come out right. and the parts that come out. If you don't feel that, um, you actually have the capabilities to, to take that on, or you don't have the support system or the support network. Mm -hmm. Um, it might be something that you should rethink and, and just, um, take a little bit of caution and set yourself up for success. Um, so I would look at any sort of current instabilities emotionally, mentally, uh, physically, that would really um, kind of uh, cause for things to snowball in a way that it could lead to you being in a place that um, you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. So not to say that it's always dangerous and it's always something to be feared, but every situation for each person is completely unique. It's really why there isn't any um, actual framework for how to do shadow work and here are the exact steps you should do and here's step one and everyone's you know, journey is going to look like this. It's, that's just not how, uh, right. it's meant to be. Like follow my program. Yeah, exactly. And in one month, <laughs> your shadow will be gone. If anyone says that, just like walk away. Right. Like, They're just, either uh -huh. lying crazy or lacking total self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as far as shadow work being dangerous, I mean, there's, you know, you can take on one drop of the shadow at a time mm -hmm. and you can yeah. process it and deal with it and yeah, integrate, integrate that it. in some yeah. sense. But if you, uh, um, open the floodgates, right. you know, it can just demolish you and yeah. it's, it's completely unmanageable. Certainly. And so I think, especially if you're someone who's naturally quite connected to like the feeling core, mm -hmm. um, you might find that the, the overwhelm of e emotion that comes forward is, uh, unbearable at times. Yeah. So for example, I think, um, you might see this when people take, uh, psychedelic substances, mm. for instance, yes. you know, there's, there's definitely a, uh, I don't know if revolution is the right term, but there is, um, using psychedelic substances as, uh, entheogens, mm -hmm. is that the right word? Mm -hmm. But as sort of like therapeutic, yeah. um, experiences, um, mm -hmm. ways to make contact with a different, different, uh, level of your being yeah. to kind of, uh, change your framing, mm -hmm. alter your consciousness in yeah. order to make contact with a different side of you. Yeah. There's definitely this notion that that can be, um, helpful. It can, it can change you. It can, it can wake you up to a spiritual path of development. Yeah. And it can, and it can, yeah. but it can also, tap into something that you are not prepared for and that open you don't, the floodgates, open the right. floodgates and you don't have the correct tools to, um, manage it, to integrate yes. it. Um, and so that's, yeah, I think we, that's we need to why you, yeah, I think that's why you see some associations with psychedelics with like psychotic breaks basically. And that's what's in, in my opinion, really happening because, mm the psychedelic works as like this fast track hmm. to these other levels of consciousness, uh, kind of like slides everything into place. And suddenly you've got like a straight path right to, um, 
the deep unconscious and man, that can be powerful, but it can also be scary and overwhelming and, and, and do something to you where it can be uh, irreparable damage sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly, um, the type of shadow work, which is not, um, being, um, supported through psychedelics, it's, you're likely not to like get to that intensity mm-hmm. in, in any manner, but there are certain altered states of consciousness that do come from practicing certain things that, um, kind of facilitate a similar experience. So like ecstatic dance, um, deep meditation, um, uh, shamanic drumming, all these things that kind of put us in this altered state that allow us to kind of access these deeper layers. Um, we can have really overwhelming, intense experiences, but generally those ones are a little bit more manageable because mm-hmm. it's coming in uh, at a kind of like a slower flow rate. Certainly. Like you've, I think, described to me people doing yoga, for instance, and uh, crying yeah. at certain moments oh, yeah. um, because there's something being opened up within them. Yes. It's unlikely that you're going to do some kind of psychological damage to yourself from doing yoga right, right. unless you like break your neck doing a, <laughs> a bad handstand, which does happen. I've heard, I've heard of bad bad yoga accidents. Yeah, I but, took a bad fall once I hurt my foot. So be yeah. careful while you yogis. But that's a, it's an example of uh, ways of altering your consciousness or ways of accessing a, a deeper side of you that perhaps you are not in contact with in mm-hmm. a way that is, is safe, perhaps. Yeah, and, and that's really why to bring it back to dreams, that is an access point to a very similar place done in a much more grounded way in, in, in um, a procedure that's already happening to us mm. um, every evening. Mm. So you have this wealth of uh, information that you can access in the dream world. And that is why, especially um, in Jungian psychology, in psychology and depth psychology, that dreams play such a pivotal role because it allows us to gain access to this part of ourself in a way that um, we stay rooted and grounded and leveled. Is shadow work ever done? Is it ever over? Have no, we Aaron. ever fully integrated the shadow? <laughs> it's never over. And I hope people feel okay hearing that because the the work, the self-work, whether that's the shadow work or some other aspect, is truly never over. It's is we're engaging in a relationship. And hopefully, just as the other meaningful relationships in your life, they're meant to last forever, mm. last a lifetime. Mm. And we can certainly get to know um, shadow contents better. We can certainly um, kind of get a, a certain um, level of integration so that when they show themselves, they don't overtake us or overwhelm us. But those parts of our being... Um, those uh, sort of deep wounds that we might have or the deep parts of ourselves that we need to work on, there's always kind of layers to it. There's always connection to it. And the the work always continues or it evolves into kind of like a next level of it. So um, I think one should always approach it, understanding that this is a continuous sort of diplomatic relationship that um, is meant to sort of sustain you through your life and continue to expand your conscious awareness to more and more aspects of your being. Right, right. And there's there's this notion that as as you uh, as you age, you change. Right. That's yeah. I think an important thing to remember for for anyone who is trying to live a healthy life is that you never arrive 
at a place where it's like, oh, okay, fixed, done. Yeah, uh, I'm and, done now. Right. <laughs> even if that were possible, like even if like, you know, at the time that you're 30, you've gotten to a place where it's like, oh, I've integrated the shadow. Like everything's fine. It's yeah. like by the time you're 40, uh, things have changed. Yes. And what was yes. working at 30 doesn't work anymore. And yeah. you need to again examine how have I changed? Yes. What have I repressed? Yeah. Um, what are the parts of me that I'm not paying attention to anymore, um, relationships change, mm -hmm. uh, your partnership or, or your marriage or whatever kind of relationship you might be in, uh, that changes over time. Your partner is changing. Yeah. So even if something's working for you at a certain moment in your marriage, five years later, it might be different. Mm -hmm. And so there's this constant maintenance that needs yes. to be happening at all times yes. and the constant knowledge that like the work is never over. Yeah. Um, and that is just really... I think wisdom for life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a question for us? Do you have a dream you'd like us to analyze? Are you curious about the meaning behind a certain symbol, character, or archetype? Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? We want to hear from you. Contact us through the submission form, which can be found at our Instagram page at Golden Shadow Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you find this podcast useful, please consider supporting us on Patreon. These podcasts are only possible with the support of viewers like you. <laughs>